your dogs, swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be needing some proper madam. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Be careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the hip and jig as we see you to Davy Jones. The Jeffy, my boy, on with the show. Sharing alike in fortune and in trouble. Second article. All monies and valuables which may come into our possession shall be lumped together into a common fund. And from this fund shall first be taken the money to fit, rig, and provision the ship. After that, the recompense each shall receive who is wounded as follows. For the loss of a right arm, 600 pieces of eight. Left arm, 500. For the loss of a right leg, 500. Left leg, 400. A fellow can get rich if he's lucky. Greedy, greedy. If a man conceal any treasure captured or fail to place it in the general fund, he shall be marooned. Set ashore on a deserted isle and there left with a bottle of water, a loaf of bread, and a pistol with one load. If a man shall be drunk on duty, he shall receive the same fate. And if a man shall molest a woman captive against her will, he too shall receive the same punishment. These articles entered into this 20th day of June in the year 1687. Now, men, you've heard the agreement. It's the world against us and us against the world. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. Genesis 16th chapter 12th verse. Those of you in favor of these articles, Raise your right hands and say, Aye!
Welcome everybody, friends, folks, foes, and fellow pirate mateys to this Friday's edition of Pirate Radio Podcast. It's episode number 200. What a milestone for us here. Just so happens to be our annual 2020 International Talk Like a Pirate Day. How's that for timing? I'm your host, as always, the Robin Hood's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder. We got to, um, rather, we have a, a number of good friends and fellow pirate mateys here waiting in the wings. People and personalities who will be able to provide a considerable amount of colorful commentary. Here over the course of the next approximate 90 minutes, we see that things are filling up already via YouTube, which is really great. Still a little hamstrung right now, unable to reach either Facebook or DLive in a live streaming capacity. Fear not, though, we will hopefully within a very short period of time have that taken care of um yeah 11 folks nearly not quite a baker's dozen to this point via youtube pitateste dios jennifer knight joey boomer barbecue jim sword point nine and a number of others out there lurking not yet signed in if you'd like to join in the conversation sign in to YouTube, your Google account, or simply reach out to us here via Skype for any live calls. You'd like to connect with us on that level? Pirate1radio at gmail.com. That's the way to do it. Pirate1radio at gmail.com. So, yes, uh, you know, last year we, I can't exactly recall the reason, but failed to produce an International Talk Like a Pirate Day event. Great to be here this go-round, of course. We made damn sure that we would be here as ready as we could hope for to have a little bit of comic relief, of course, uh, which is something that uh, the world needs a little bit more of, given the context of where we currently find ourselves with the the Kraken, as it is, the powers that be, as they work to do their damnedest in overseeing and leveraging the the power they have at their disposal, essentially hoodwinking, pulling the wool over the eyes of so many, uh, the world sheeple, unfortunately. But we're here for a little bit more of a, once again, just lighthearted. If we can work into the mix somehow, a little bit of uh, comic relief as well, too. Uh, 
before we turn our sights to the folks we have here waiting in the wings, uh, mostly serving in the blunderbuss position, not shotgun, folks. We're talking pure pirate parlance, of course, especially this week. But yes, the classic pirate shotgun was the blunderbuss. That uh, We're going to remind you that the main website is WPRPN.com. That's where you'll want to drop by. Sign up is free. Simply need a username, email, and password. If you have any problems whatsoever, be sure to get back to us. We will reach out to you, of course, and, and uh, do our best to contact you and help set things straight. So really critical that we keep that the feedback loop in place of the channels of communication uh, fluid, of course, and operating smoothly. So yes, pirate1radio at protonmail.com is our email address. And that is if you have any PayPal donations you'd like to make or show or possibly even uh, guest recommendations or suggestions, ideas you might have in mind. Pirate1radio at protonmail.com. In the meantime, though, as was stated just a few moments ago, for the live call-in end of things here via Skype, it's simply pirate1radio at gmail.com. That's how you can reach out to us here live in the moment. Contact us with any questions, comments, criticisms, or the latest in the way of high seas digital scuttlebutt. Always very much look forward to that, of course. So, um, I had anything outside of what we may have not possibly mentioned to this point if you're looking for any further information or ways of getting in touch or remaining in the loop simply check out the show description links we have in the drop down menu via the YouTube show description uh, area we have in place at present and hopefully once again we'll be able to help you in resolving any questions or queries you may have um, having said that now we've got once again a handful of our uh, friends and fellow pirate mateys here on board with us this week down in Skullport Harbor I'm not sure if we're going to actually head out onto the the waters of uh, Mystic Bay this week, or not necessarily, but uh, there's a few folks down in places like the Howling Wolf Inn, Mossy Wench, Scurvy Dog. I think the captain himself may be up on Dead Man's Bluff. And... Uh, Reverend Jim, I do believe, was working on making his way. I don't know if it's the, the the crow's nest necessarily, or you know, this is the week. As a matter of fact, 
No, I think we're trying. That's the captain there, who uh, up on Dead Man's Bluff. Uh, captain Sinclair, I'm not sure. We weren't expecting your call so soon, but uh, there was something you'd like to share with us. Hi, Jaffe. Just wishing you a good show here, of course. It's been a while, as you said, one year. You missed uh, last year. Go round, so. A bon voyage. Uh, happy sailing, and hopefully everything manages to come together for you as well as one might expect this week. Well, thank you, Captain. Not a problem. What are you doing up on Dead Man's Bluff, by the way? I'd just be scouting the lay of the land, the territory, looking for any potential enemy ships or action there out on the high digital seas, here with a small entourage troop accompanying me here as of making the rounds. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just a, a patrol of sorts. We'll be heading down to Skullport Harbor, though. Hopefully before the end of the show. All right, Captain. Aye, aye. Thank you very much. All right, out, Jave. Okay, well, there goes uh, Captain Sinclair. No idea why why that actually once again you would think <laughs> we'd have a better handle on things here as far as uh who's calling up and and how to contact folks but i guess he had an urgent message there just wanted once again to wish us well so i do believe that uh careening is what's taking place here that's the thought that i was had not quite finished earlier of course uh, the ship, though, we're doing a little careening. See a handful of crew members out there scrubbing the barnacles and crust off of the ship's hull. Uh, Reverend Jim, how are things looking this week as far as, uh, you know, is this your first time in careening a ship, Jim? Arr, it is, Jeffy. It is indeed. Okay, well, we've got it uh, set set aloft there. To uh, it's about what is it? Not quite a forty-five degree angle. Uh, if uh, you know, math is never my strong suit. So, <laughs> uh, with a slight even more dyslexia than what you might uh, happen to suffer from, being what I have to contend with here on a daily basis too. But yeah, the ship set aloft. And uh, have it propped up there. So number of crew members busy scrubbing and, and cleaning the barnacles. And uh, just amazing the amount of uh, the crud and miscellaneous sea uh, flotsam, I believe is the word, that manages to, to accrue and to want to... Well, what happens, you know, Jim, is this this slows the ship down. That's why we have to, from time to time, bring bring what it is that we, we sail out on the, the sea upon our actual house on the ocean, as it were. Uh, any, any pirate crew has to do this. They have to clean in order to help increase the speed 
of the ship so it's not slowed down the moss and all kinds of just uh you know scum and so forth sea scum but there we go so yeah hey and you are picking up the stream this go round once again uh helping to syndicate the show once one more time via your channel rev.jim over on d live is that not the case i jeffy that do be the case right now we have 11 land lovers in on in on board listening and enjoying tonight's show we got deja voodoo in the crowd we got tay we got perth observer we've got mortif we got choco smoky and we got a few that haven't checked in yet. But uh, yeah, we're we're ready for tonight's show. All right. How about that? Uh, breaking news here of sorts as well too. According to Zane Ivy, who we have on board via the 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 live chat over on YouTube, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has kicked the bucket. So uh, that is what it is. Of course, I'm not sure who will be filling her place but maybe we'll pick up on that a little more this coming tuesday if that in fact is proven to be the case so a lot of lot of news breaking as of late uh yet to be verified as far as our fact checking is concerned including things regarding the Trump administration and we all know how these rumors circulate make their way throughout social media and only time will tell of course whether they uh, prove to be accurate or not that's not what we're here for though this week and you know time is of the essence of course so let's see now speaking of watering holes and the like as far as the culture that we have established down here in Skullport Harbor, I believe that Pirate Larry was located, as he typically is, down via the the Howling Wolf, or it could be the Scurvy Dog. Larry, if you, yeah, um, I, I'm down here at the Howling Wolf tonight. Oh, the place is howling. Yeah, well, we hear the uh, the background activity there. Sounds like yeah, yeah. We got clinking glasses and everything going on here. It's uh, well, you know, when the sun goes down over the yard arm, it's time to open up the grog. And with a with a ship at a forty five degree angle, of course, that sun's going over the yard arm a little a little quicker than normal. So here's to you, Jabby. Come on down after the show. We'll be uh, we'll be saving some for you. That's right. Yeah, we might even be able to work an after show into the works here. We've got a couple premium content items that will have being made available to our Patreon subscribers, our premium content supporters that we have on board here before the end of the month is what we're looking at. So uh, we're quite close to having that all taken care of actually quite happy with the way things are currently shaping up so patreon supporters out there listening just hopefully manage to uh just remain a little uh, patient 
Uh, I have no idea how antsy these people get when it comes to getting their hands on the actual underground bootleg styled content, but it is available. So, uh, and if you haven't dropped by our Patreon page yet, definitely take a moment to do so. Simply patreon.com forward slash WPRPN. We have three main tiers of subscription and support. So all done on a per item basis as well, too. That's the way we are uh, approaching things here. Uh, but yeah, we'll look forward to that after show. So it's great. We got Pirate Larry there and Reverend Jim. And hey, Larry, you know, a quick question for you here. Have you ever careened a ship yourself? Have you ever been part of a, a activity such as that or or not? Yes, no, maybe so. I'm not sure if he muted himself out there. What? what sometimes, you know, he gets a little into the grog. <laughs> oh. Maybe falling off his chair. We'll come back to Larry in just a few moments. First, though, let's turn our focus to, it looks like, well, someone we haven't had on for the last month or so at least. Uh, I think he did drop in. Kaiser, when was the last time you were a part of the the live stream we produce here uh, twice weekly, Pirate Radio Podcasts? I uh, matey. Was it the news? It should have been about. It should have been the news, and it was. Um, I would believe uh, a couple months back, and I've been. No matter how lovely the men are, by the end they're all scurvy dogs, and with the pitch and roll as we've been adrift in this beautiful ship, the Robin Hood, and taking off the barnacles, scraping them, is has been drudgery for the men and you know as the chief security officer it's been very hard to maintain control out in the oceans and david jones jones locker now what i have to say is we're pitching in at a 45 degree in the port and i see those lovely ladies and while i'm looking at them i have to say a vast me proud beauties have you ever seen a man's real yard arm Prepare to be boarded. I think uh, Kaiser's, <laughs> he's referring to his, his Jolly Roger, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, li women, you, <laughs> women, you've been warned. So, yeah. but There, there will be some Rogering going on. Yes. Yes, indeed. Rogering up and down, up and down. That is apparently where the term came from. Some people do say and speculate that it has uh, very much. And here's the thing about that whole business, you know, is that uh, people talk about Viagra. And I've got to say, well, it, I, in taking it, I didn't uh, become Sean Connery, but it did make me Roger Moore. So uh, maybe it's something that the rest of you guys have experienced in the past. I have no idea. Uh, definitely something to think about, I have though. no experience with that. Never have had to use it, and I'm going on 52, thank God. 
I, I only but, yeah I only use that for joke purposes actually just for the record Kaiser so yeah just the, I never done Viagra oh. either but yeah it won't hey yeah you won't become Sean Connery but it will make you Roger Moore so very good ah there you go Roger Moore yeah oh, you, you, I you, did you, not you, catch you, it you, oh, Jesus okay ah <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> you make me laugh like I say comedian comedian and keep the men in good spirits you do chief communication officer I just do my best to uh, work on uh, keeping the show rolling along as, as best we can here well doing what we can to engage everyone along the way a lot of uh a lot of moving parts to the operation of course here so uh it's it's hard to keep everyone happy of course but what what can you really do so gentlemen why don't we all come together now uh you know we've pretty much we've pretty much uh taken care of all the the introductory remarks that were necessary and and uh you know let's just leave it at that but i think we can come together in a just a just an open table type format if there's any issues I'll, I'll let you guys know but let's just have at it you know it's international talk like a pirate day we've uh i think this is the third time that we've actually produced this type of annual show we do the same thing with the kennedy assassination of course each and every year uh, uh, there's an anonymous roundtable each November as well. Uh, you know, we got Halloween, the, the Christmas, Operation Secret Santa Christmas campaign, and I think there's one annual roundtable I'm missing out on at the moment, but... It's uh, the 9-11. Oh, yeah, that's right. We just did it. We just wrapped up our September 11th, and we're going to continue to do that on, a, on an annual basis just out of respect for the people who not only lost their lives on that particular day, but also um, really... There's one other date that uh, we like to uh, or commemorate, commiserate here, and that is uh, June 8th, 1967, the attack on the USS Liberty. Right. And True News just came out today with a four-hour documentary on the attack of the USS Liberty. Uh, it's you can rent it right now, or you can uh, buy it online, or you can buy the C CDD the DVDs. But it is a four-hour documentary. They've gotten every surviving crew member is part of it. Uh, some of the men, well, some of the men started talking about 20 years after the incident. Uh, the majority of them didn't start talking till about 40 to 50 years after it. And a few of the men never talked at all until this documentary. So for some of the men, a few of them, it's been 53 years that they kept the secret of the attack on the USS Liberty by our so-called friend Israel. And uh, so, yeah, we, we can never forget the USS Liberty. Yeah, we can uh, come back to that at any point here along the road, of course, over the duration of what we have remaining for the balance of the year uh true news i believe is what you said a four-hour documentary and sure we put that we've we've talked about that as as much as we could well really manage including the the open house roundtable show that we put together 
this past June, which worked out pretty well, I would say. So glad to have done our part. And yeah, the truth definitely does need to be known. People need to... The problem is with history, and this, let's, you know, the focus this week, of course, is on pirate history. Uh, you know, they say never forget. Well, it's, it's a question, really, of how, how do we remember in the first place? You know, what is it that we're trying not to forget? <laughs> if we don't have our facts straight, then all we're doing is, as Napoleon said, history is a set of lies agreed upon. So we've got to watch out for that. And that's why historical revisionism, which is it's so ironic to, to hear that term as if as if it's a, an awful thing. Science is constantly being revised and revisited. Why not? Why not history? We should be going back and taking a fresh look at um, the way that the, the history books have recorded the past. So but this week. It marks essentially it's it's around a three hundredth year since the end of the golden age of piracy uh, out in the, the the Caribbean region, of course, including the likes of you know I should know my geography a little better, but Jamaica for sure, uh, Cuba. Is there anything more that you you guys can mention? I know it was a lot of pirate activity. Uh, very much Barbados, the island Antigua. Okay, and where is Antigua located exactly? We're to pin it down. Uh, I believe Caribbean. It's in the... Yeah, Caribbean. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, I was okay. That sure, great, and also the well, and that's where the word buccaneer comes from. It, it, with the the roasted, uh, the they were French castaways basically from what i understand who uh set up for themselves a new very free styled type life and in in uh geez you know i got a couple pirate books here right right beside me so we're definitely going to want to make use of these over the course of the live stream i'll have to put on my uh my reading glasses i've got two sets of glasses actually i haven't had to wear glasses until just the last few years but the pirates were great contributors to the uh economy in louisiana and uh right and carolinas uh uh, up to boston because the uh uh the government the provincial government couldn't you know couldn't establish rule well uh, they were and, and they they didn't have the economy, whereas these these pirate ships would come in and they'd sell off the ship, and mm-hmm. people would go shopping for a while. Black sales. Yeah. If anyone out there ha- listening has not to this point seen the black sales um, series, I think it ran for about three or four seasons. The wife and I are up to about season, most of the way through season two. We try to get together on that one where we can. Unfortunately, she ends up falling asleep most of the time. She loves to watch it, but she's just so bloody tired by the time she, uh, you know, we're, we're together here and able to to take the show in. But Black Sails definitely encourage everyone to check it out. You're, and you're so right and on the mark there, uh, 
pirate Larry. I uh, know that Kaiser had something more he wanted to add to that. Let's do that, and then maybe just keep uh, to you know diving even deeper uh, as as we go along. I made the all up and down the eastern seaboard. It was all the way into the south. That's why the uh, Spanish had um, many forts that they put up into even Florida. These are historical facts, and the forts can still be visited today by those who wish to look at them. And you will still see the cannonade. And uh, you have to remember, up into even the Revolutionary War, you had piracy. And along our coast, a little-known fact, during the Civil War, you had runners trying to get stuff out of the South and into England. Uh, you had many tapestry or tapestries and different things like that, linens, cotton, raw cotton, going there and and then bringing back finished product from England. Don't forget and the hemp. Food. Don't forget the history bo- books had have forgotten the hemp yeah. by a large part. But don't, let's not do that. Yeah. Hemp, hemp products have always been grown into America until 1920s. And then it was made bad juju to have it back when jazz first started. And everybody was uh, the different looks and stuff. But see, we come too early for that. But yes, hemp was even what they used to make the U.S. dollar in the day. Sales, sales, rope. Sales. Everything, and uh, it's easier to um, harvest more hemp out of an acre of wood where you would have an acre of wood. You can grow more hemp and get more product out of it. Even the hemp oil was used for lighting things. I've read Emperor that's, Wears No Clothes, right. so we can go on and on with it, but I don't think we have to. The greater point is, even up into the Civil War. There were pirates, but they called them by different names. You know, blockade runners. That's still piracy. And they were treated as pirates if they were caught. And these are real facts to the U.S. And that's what you said earlier. But the problem is we lose institutional memory. You know, I can never forget 30 years ago, August 7th entering the kingdom of Saudi Arabia for my first land war with the first Marine division, first FSG to be exact, first force service support group. And that is what I'll say on that. So there are many dates that should be remembered, but as people get older and they the old die, you lose the history, and that's why I think even with the liberty, it was good to have the older people come out and tell them their personal experience. Yeah, I mean, that is so critical, isn't it? You've got to, from one generation to the next, and that's in part what we're responsible for is retaining the memories and passing down the information and if it happens to be misinformation where we're mistaken well set things straight uh clear clear things up of course so that people can have a a better idea regarding the the facts as they were 
Um, There's a little uh, history for you. That, uh, I think you'll enjoy, Jaffe. This was uh, told to me by my friends in Ensenada that a uh, long time ago, the, the pirate ships would come into the Ensenada Cove where I lived. And um, they would hide there and they would steal uh, the gold from the... Now, the gold was being mined about, I don't know, 50, 70 miles east in a place called uh, 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 Ojos Negros, which is black eyes, Ojos Negros. That was where the mine was. And so the, uh, the, the French would uh, steal from the miners, and so would the, well, of course, the Spanish would demand their, their tribute. And uh, the pirates would come in and steal from the French, and they'd steal from the Spanish, and they'd, they'd give half of it back to the miners. So there was a, you know, there's a story of the Robin Hood, and the miners always protected the pirates in Ensenada. How that, cool. that is, is a phenomenal cool. story. That is, yeah, that's that's really something. So, working well. Look at the the zap the zapatistas. Is that right? Uh, a lot of similar type community. Zapatista. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, community building and really, you know, f- <laughs> uh, flipping flipping a bird to the man sort of deal because they've been getting screwed for so long as. As all we regular folk have over the years, uh, and then so that's why so many of us just common folk, uh, salt salt to the earth type individuals are drawn to these Robin Hood uh, myths and or or realities stories. You know whether it's Pretty Boy Floyd or even you know Blackbeard himself. A lot of people have in their mind's eye that he was such a terrible. I'm not sure how much of the sharing of the the, the divvying the booty was the was the expression the term you know, divvy the booty, and with Blackbeard, I'm not sure how much of that actually went on. But at least you know he was not as a, as bad as some have been led to believe, and so many of us are led to believe so many things because we're so gullible. Uh, we got to be careful in really seeing things clearly, not jumping to conclusions too too rashly in one direction or the next. But uh, yeah, Blackbeard, he was not as as brutal and and violent or harsh as some would say. And to this date, in fact, there's not one single incident which has ever been discovered or can be found regarding how if when you were mm, essentially commandeered by him and his crew taken over and and boarded uh it, you know you got to hand your 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 shit over is is the deal that's what it kind of comes down to more or less and if they got blackbeard and his crew got what they were asking for that you were set free you know free to go and and to be uh to leave with your lives intact whereas there's some other pirates who are just total 
psychopaths, really. Uh, they were very, very much driven by bloodlust uh, in the worst possible sense of the word, the torture, the rampaging, senseless, really just destruction and brutality, unfortunately. But Blackbeard apparently was not one of those. Although, was he a Robin Hood type figure? Not that I'm aware of. So, But this Divi in the booty, yes. Divi in the booty. Aye, amongst crew, absolutely. You definitely have to do that. And uh, that's what we're committed to here, as a matter of fact. And people are, if people are not aware, uh, half of everything that we do manage to generate goes directly back to charity. We've also got a certain formula in place where... If you bring other people to the network, they sign up and take out things like uh, a, a subscription via WPRPN, a member site subdomain URL that you receive uh, a commission or finder's fee for life. There's a percentage that you receive. As long as they are a part of the network, you receive a percentage of what they've signed on for, whether it's, I think, is it $60? A year for just the regular personal profiles and 120 for the commercial end of things if people are flogging products and the like. But uh, we wouldn't have it any other way, frankly. But yeah, good on those, good on to hear, you know, with the pirates down there in Ensenada, the gold miners. And uh, I'm not sure if you know more about the, Zap is it the Zapatistas down in that region of, of Mexico and the way they've... Yes, it's uh, the Zapatistas. That could be an outgrowth. Exactly. It could possibly, because like, there's a history to that. Just These things don't just pop up out of nowhere, typically. Well, they they say, I... you know, a, a, a Marxist-based uh, movement, but I think it's more of an indigenous-based movement right. because I'm right. seeing a lot of the same kind of indigenous-based movements. Uh, No-brainer. No-brainer kind of movement. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, Matey, uh, that's one thing that we will have to disagree on from the Cold War era, because I did start my service in the Cold War. The Zapatistas were helped by the East Germans. They were, So were the Cubans. And so when they invaded, when we finally invaded... And a brother of mine went to uh, Granada. There were Cubans, there were East Germans that they captured and killed. They were training them. So that you always have to have trainers. And back then during the Cold War, they were usually uniformed unless they were mercenary. And mercenaries tended to come from the West funded by corporations. That's the correct way to answer that. Now, did they work for the government sometimes? Yes. But the East Bloc never did that because you didn't get help and assistance unless you got advisors. And we did several places you can look at historically. Mad Mike Kaur, when he went into the Belgian Congo, he did that by himself for, for profit. You can look at it with other people that did it for profit, different companies. And they were always funded by, like, Mark Thatcher and the boys. And that's a prime example. That was when they tried to invade, um, mind dumping it now, but it was uh, um, um, Sierra Leone, it worked out. That was with um, 
uh, that that company at that time was um, uh, a famous company, and I can't believe I forgot it. But a guy from that company started up Sandline, and uh, so what ended up happening? It's um, uh, Simon Mon, Simon Mon from England, and he went in there and he cleared out that mess down there. And that was also communist funded, but he did it for a corporation. Then he, along with another gentleman who for, founded Aegis, uh, which is another mercenary company who I had worked for at one time, uh, they went into uh, Papua New Guinea. And when they invaded that, Mark Thatcher was brought into it, and the company was called Sandline. So it went from the first company that Simon Mann made to that one and it was called um, executive outcomes that was the name of it and that was to get and it was very successful so do please know the facts on how the east and the west worked back then well the zapatistas they were uh, rising up in it was an indigenous or grassroots type populist movement they may have as you say received support from the outside but they also essential to their their focus and raison d'etre as one says uh, in french it also works in english i guess just reason to be was opposition reason to, be, to right. opposition to the the federal the mexican government mexican federal government. government correct no different cartels to this day and it's the same thing. The cartels are getting funded. Look, I, I think I shared the list with you. Former East Germans are still out there spreading. You don't get help from foreign countries. And, and even though East Germany is defunct, a lot of people don't know this. Ex-Stasi agents, just like ex-German military from the Second World War, if they're still alive, they still get their pensions. So the, the ideas don't go away, and those people will still go out and help. Now I'm, we've broached into a serious subject on this, and I'm going to stop it because it's to be a pirate. I'm just correcting the Zapatista thing because I know for a fact that they had East Germans and Cubans. That's a fact. Well, they were also being the Zapatistas, though, bottom line, is they were being screwed over, heavily exploited, by the central Mexican government. By the Mexican government, yeah. That was the whole point. They wouldn't be rising up in arms, uh, as it were, and then offering a little pushback unless they, there was some problems. If the government would have been doing their job and and uh, seeing to it that everyone was kept happy, then there wouldn't well, have the been any problems. Tried to try, uh, of course, the government tried to put the natives into Indian schools, like they did in the United States and in Canada. And the native schools were really to, you know, brainwash the native out of the natives. Um, and the natives in Chiapas, Mexico, resisted that. It was like the government was sending them a bunch of demands but no money. So they, you know, they rebelled. And that was, that was uh, an organic rebellion. But after that, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Cubans we, came we, in. We have, and, we and, have uh, different. 
we have differences in organic because it's fomented. All look, one man. We're talking now. One man's freedom fighter is in another man's terrorist. Yeah, and I didn't say that. If you agree with me on on John McCain and and uh, him being a terrorist for the Ukrainians, then yeah, I'll 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 agree with you on that. Oh hell yeah! All right, brother. Yeah. I've never yeah, met we... somebody to disagree with John McCain more than me. But huh. what I will say is I, I with this there there is never this uprising we're having now there's foreign funding in it that's a fact uh-huh and so this is say yeah we'll do say and this is a conversation which we can quite easily and we've done in the past and we'll continue to carry on and and uh hash over as it were uh, during the course of our weekly news stream. Right now, though, I think the point is one man's, one of the points at least, one man's uh, privateer is another man's scurvy dog pirate. Sort of I deal. Thank you. So, yeah, but fascinating. Um, that was in- interesting, that, that little, that little uh, side, side route that we... That we uh, rabbit hole that we went down there and i'd like to look into that a little more it's, it's it's if i ever get a chance to watch a documentary most certainly will in the meantime you know like i said we have a couple pirate books here there's a lot of great pirate links regarding uh and providing to you information dealing with the history of piracy all the terminology and uh, and lore and everything you could possibly uh hope for you know one of the things that that is endlessly um i you know is quite i'm not sure what to say about it but it it kind of makes sense that um <laughs> pirates they uh some of them i guess yeah they would be some many be married of course with wives at home uh, god only knows what would take place out in the high uh frolicking seas but at the same time i'm not sure what percentage but there were homosexual even marriage ceremonies that were conducted apparently back in the day among pirates actual marriage ceremonies can you believe that people i mean how many people have ever heard about this not too many i don't think it's it, it's fact. I, I've read about it now. One of the cool things that I saw were some of the books that you would see at like St. Simon's Island, Jekyll Island, Sea Island back in the day when I was uh, working for the government. And uh, the interesting thing, you there's FLETSI, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center there. And so when you're down there, you get invibed with, uh, and there's great t-shirt shops and flag shops that have every flag of every pirate and in all kinds of names like they have, uh, let's say, uh, the flag of whoever, Bluebeard. And uh, it would say on top of it, surrender the booty, you know, little fun things like that. But the, but the information there, just like the creature from Jekyll Island, I bought that book on Jekyll Island. And uh, I, I've seen Jekyll Island. And I've also bought pirate books and ghost books from all these little islands because pirates were there and ghosts of them still remain matey that's something better left for the halloween show 
I suppose so. In fact, there was the one story that we covered. I th- it could have been last uh, Halloween, as a matter of fact, but the woman who had married the pirate ghost. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a few of you out there listening uh, who've heard about this one, of course. But as it turns out, the the romance did not last as long as perhaps she had hoped. Uh, there was a ceremony for for the two, I guess you'd say the two of them, and everything they held aboard a, a, a ship. Uh, they're now divorced, though, unfortunately. So, uh, And you got to wonder well, about the, the sanity of some people when it comes to these things, marrying pirate ghosts. Really strange and bizarre, but uh, that, that is one of those stories. So do pirate ghosts exist? I would... I would Imagine in, that in Davy Jones' locker, yes, they do. Well, but hang on, Davy Jones's locker, from what I understand, now I've heard conflicting reports, but some people have told me that, uh, unfortunately, I've yet to come across this in any books or documentary sources that you only ended up there if you double crossed or proved yourself a turncoat to the captain. That's Exactly. That's who resides down in Davy Jones's locker. I'm not sure where that comes from. Uh, who was Davy Jones in the first place? Like, how, where does that? I mean, what's the history there? I'm not sure if anyone Davy knows Jones the story. is supposedly. Wasn't uh, he, a mon- he was a mo- he was, wasn't he a monkey? <laughs> I thought he was a, how'd that? He well, was a monkey. I, yeah, yeah, he was. Hey, hey, hey with the monkeys, people like to monkey around. But no, no, the. The, the lore, you got completely correct. Davy Jones was a euphemism for, uh, see, they were atheists anyways, mostly on pirate vessels. They had to be. And so that was a euphemism for uh, Satan. And so they would say that, ah, oh, he was a bad crewman, so he's in Davy Jones' locker. And that's all spread word by mouth. And since I was in the sea service and have floated on vessels on the Western Pacific I know certain things like that because it spread word of mouth, ancient. That kind of thing does exist, at least in the Marine Corps. We took our history very, very seriously. I would imagine you would have. Let's remind listeners, this is Talk Like a Pirate Day, episode 200 that you've tuned into. Uh, we're working almost not quite a baker's dozen here altogether via youtube but we'll see how the things the traction picks up here uh, along the way and after we have the show archive put to bed as it were in the meantime though let's give a shout out to janie walker who's just dropped into the conversation talking about jean lafitte bars and grills in new orleans she herself a resident of louisiana so uh, also speaking of louisiana they recently experienced a very intense hurricane of sorts from what i understand uh, jane e found herself caught right in the middle of things and uh, did manage to weather the storm which is really great it uh it, it was something of a close call, though, as well, too, from what I understand. But maybe she can fill us in a little more on things whenever she feels the... Prayers. Pardon me? Prayers. 
prayers for Janie and her family, and hopefully they are fine. Oh, yeah. and their 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 house is still stable and standing. Positive, uh, positive energy. Is, uh, uh, Louisiana is a beautiful state, and I feel bad that uh, that. But they also have ghost tours there. I'm sure Janie will tell you that they have ghost tours, and the ghost tours are fun. They're they're great, and sometimes you know things happen. Ghost tours. That's the first I've ever. That's it. So maybe this is what uh, is this the woman who married that that disembodied that spirit? That's, she was a ghost tour. <laughs> she got sick of She's having a real yard arm. <laughs> no, the point is, no, no, ghost tours, dude. Using my pirate words, I guess it sounded like horse. That's hilarious. Oh, do you mean you mean tours, tours, like tours of duty? Tours, tours, yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's your have... that's your Ohio accent. I'm hearing there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, sure. T o u r, like tour around the country. Yeah. Yes. So, How Louisiana, about that? There is a. This is Jean Lafitte. She mentioned Jean Lafitte. Correct. Interesting story about Jean Lafitte. The uh, governor, uh, Claiborne, uh, called uh, Jean Lafitte's men brigands who infest our coast and overrun our country. Um, and he offered a $550 reward for Lafitte's capture. Uh, within two days, uh, Lafitte or somebody in Lafitte's name had handbills posted all over uh, Louisiana uh, with a uh, a reward for the governor governor's capture. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I never heard that. That's awesome, brother. So the residents of New Orleans were grateful to the Lafitte's for providing them with luxuries that they couldn't get because of the uh, embargo. And the Lafitte's had had fought with uh, Andrew Jackson in the War of 1812 to drive out the British. So um, they had a little bit of aloha still. But this was a U.S. governor, Governor Claiborne, who uh, who went after Lafitte and his men. How about that? 1812. So we're talking uh, some years after then the so-called golden age of piracy, at least as it applies to the Western Hemisphere. Let's not forget piracy. March 1813 was when uh, when the uh, the captain set off for his uh, journey to New York. How about that? uh, On March 15th of that year, 1813, the governor issued his uh, warrant. Well, you know, there's so much to be said regarding the activity, the history of, of piracy, even going back to the, the Vikings, of course, uh, the West Euro- European traditions and so forth from a uh, Western standpoint. But in the East, you know, place Africa and, and other, other regions as well, too. Uh, and, but the East in particular, Asia, that is where we find the most, I'm not sure if you'd call this person successful pirate or not but uh they even made the likes of blackbeard look like a pretty small operation do do does anyone know who i'm talking about or referring to probably the barbary pirates made no uh they're no, in no we're talking china a, she she was a oh tra- yes 
Chinese pirate. Yes. Was it a man? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, who was it? It was a woman. It was, it was a, woman. a woman, I believe. Cheng Cheng yeah, Chi, yeah. Cheng Madam Chi, Cheng Cheng Chi. It's uh, yep. you can find a, Madam Chi. Oh, it's in, quite intriguing. So, that's something that I cannot help but bring up uh, anytime we find ourselves conversing regarding these matters, simply because there's so much attention and focus on the Caribbean. Equal rights and... for women. There you go. Pardon me. I'm sorry, Larry. Equal rights for women. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, equal, I, equal. She's a better pirate than the rest of you. Man. Equal rights for mass murdering women. She was brutal. She was just totally ruthless, very brutal. And that any slight infraction really uh, could often lead to you losing your head. So I'm not going to get into the whole business of Cheng Chi other than to say that she ultimately like well first she had a, a she had people under her command informing a confederacy of sorts back in the day just in the lead up to the opium wars uh, if i've got my timeline straight so we're talking almost around the period as to what where we f see jean lafitte uh, coming to us out of history some 200 odd years ago so the early 1800s basically uh and i could be off by it a little bit there but yeah cheng chi and, and with the number of people that she brought together pirates under her command it was ridiculous like something like fifty thousand or more as i recall and, and the ships that she had were quite numerous although you know there were a lot of small type skiffs or schooner uh sort of sort of deals the little uh the junks really and that's i guess you know where the word junk comes from if you think about it to me i would assume that's straight out of the the opium wars and how uh what what is slang for for heroin but junk that's that's one junk. Of, that's one of the terms yeah got junk in my trunk so uh bad stuff although i think they were dealing mostly in opium which that's a far cry because heroin is a, is it's, it's heavily as with cocaine you have to really put a lot of effort and energy into altering its chemical components just transforming what is being uh brought to the you know presented to the public for their what would you say amusement and uh addiction <laughs> more often than not yes even in the 1800s, like you said, man, that's one of the straight up things people forget is there's a reason why it's called Shanghai. People would get Shanghai in San Francisco, I believe, uh, probably because of the gold, as uh, the gentleman uh, who was telling that one tell uh, spoke. I'm sorry, I think it's Larry, and I'm probably misremembering because I can't see names when I'm, when we're talking like this. So. If I'm wrong, I apologize to you, brother. Uh, but uh, that's why that exists. And people forget the most anti-war president we've had besides this current one. Um, the most anti-war president we've ever had, Thomas Jefferson, was the guy who got us into our first war. And that was the War of the Barbary Pirates. And that was the same reason. 
Americans being pressed into service for the Barbary pirates. And that's why in the Marine Corps hymn, you have to the shores of Tripoli, because that's where they're based at. And that's why Marine Corps officers carry a Mameluke sword, because after they defeated him, the Prince of Libya actually gave Presley O'Bannon a sword to commemorate that event. And the thing about it was they weren't just pressing men, they were also taking women off vessels during that time and putting them into the sex industry. And notice, the last president and his female uh, secretary of state, they invaded Tripoli and all this stuff, right? We know this. They went into Libya, and what happened? The sex industry, they now sell slaves again on the open markets in Tripoli. That's a fact. Right. So were you mostly, I'm sorry, talking about press ganging, uh, referring to Jefferson or the the Barbary? The... Both. Both. Barbary, uh-huh. Barbary pirates and also out there for uh, the West on in, in San Francisco. Both of them are examples of people being pressed into vessels, pressed into service. And it wasn't in the U.S. Yeah. Portland has a very high history of uh, tunnels. Shanghai people. There's a lot of underground. There were bars tunnels. where they'd get people drunk. The bartender would pull a lever and a trap door under you would open up. And men would find themselves when they woke up in a tunnel with a bunch of other men with no shoes. Yep. And, and the only way out was covered in shards of glass. And yep. it kept them there until they were put aboard some ship and pressed into service. So, yeah, Portland has a large, long history of uh, Shanghai guys, not just San You're Francisco. Right. Yeah, I'm saying on the West Coast. I said on the West Coast, San Francisco is the prime example because of popular culture back in the 70s and 80s. What was it? Bonanza or whatever it was back then. Uh, I think one of the boys, Little Joe or something, got shanghaied one night. And then there was some of that in some other movies later on, maybe Wild Wild West. You know what I'm saying, brother. So I didn't bring up Portland, but I did say the whole West Coast. And I, well, and, and the I reason so many with... guys in San Francisco got shanghaied is because as soon as boats would get into the harbor, guys would take off because they wanted to go mining and become rich with gold. And they would leave. They would leave the ship, and so for the ship to then go leave again, they would have to need new crew. And when you couldn't get anybody to volunteer, you Shanghai them. Makes sense. Makes sense. And it was from the Chinese who started that. That's why they called it Shanghai. That was my whole point, brother, on the West Coast. Sorry. Impressing, impressive, or depressing. I'm not sure. Suppress. Lots of pressing uh, going on in the English language if if we look around. So speaking of the English language, we've got a couple glossaries here, just uh, terms that we could have a little bit of fun with here over the next couple minutes. Uh, Bosun. Bosun is the first one, I guess. I think probably I'm going to guess that that Kaiser has a pretty good idea what what that's all about or 
who this person is. What, what's a what's a boson? Has anyone got a handle on that? Well, it's the, actually Boatswain. in naval service. Boatswain. Boatswain is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Well, actually, no. It's bo- no, it's pronounced boson. It's spelt. It's spelt. Bo- it's spelt boats Wayne, like you know, boat. Yeah, S Wayne. It's pronounced boson. Yeah, but no, no, no. I'll bet you. In I'll bet modern, you. I'll bet you ten in bucks. Modern in modern naval terms, it's not. Everybody will say the boat Wayne. Have you ever seen? T- yeah, when I'm... you say it, when you say it fast. Hold on, when you say it fast, and you have to remember all the different dialects of English we have, southern dialect and everything. You will hear Boatson said. You'll hear it you, just like you didn't hear tours. You heard whores. So you have to understand somebody wrote this. They were probably in naval service. And you don't know the dialects of most of the people on the ship. And you will hear it most common. And, but the proper pronunciation is Boatswain Mate. Have you ever watched and, uh, uh, the classic Star Trek? I'm not. Maybe you're not a fan of the series, but uh... yeah, no, I I like that. I like that. But anyways, they have a lot of different duties, and it's an additional duty. They all have a different MOS, and like one of the duties, they blow the whistle for leave, liberty, everything like that, and then they check IDs as you come on and off the ship. Uh, you have to salute the boats one, and then you'll. F- salute the flag and then you can leave and coming up you have to salute the flag and then salute the boats one and it's like an acting jack it's an acting captain that you're seeing at that point only at that point now the other duties they had on the ship i don't know all of them but i know they're they had other mos's and it was an additional duty but they did call them if they were on boats one mates they were called boatswain mates, even no matter what they were doing, if they were an electrician, whatever. I do not believe it's a regular MOS or it may be an additional MOS. MOS, so please don't you, you haven't, you haven't, yeah, MOS, not uh, everyone has military, military or army talks. So. Military, military occupational specialty. Uh-huh. I may be wrong on that, but I just know the way that I was told from the guys who are boatswain mates, they're like, yeah, I'm really an electrician. But you have the MAA, the master at arms. If it was a, a, a dangerous area, he would be out there with the boatswain mate. Boatswain mate's always armed at that point. So, I mean, like I said, man, it's it's really hard, on, especially with naval terms, to get how the terminologies develop and i i I'm, i didn't say you were wrong boatswain is something you'll commonly hear but it's because of it's because of the pronunciation of the american but english people will say not boatswain boatswain yeah here it says it's it's boatswain as you say or or boson is what it's it's telling us uh, here and I believe once again that's the way they pronounced it on Star Trek. If you go back and listen, I think that was Scotty. He would refer to as his uh, the, sh- the ship's boson. So, but anyways, the warrant officer—that's interesting—warrant officer in charge of sails, rigging, anchors, and associated gear. So clearly, yeah, central figure in the world of of uh, nautical logistics. Uh, brig. 
brace. Do you want to know what a warrant officer is? Go ahead. A warrant officer is an enlisted man that is then elevated by a promotion into basically what is an officer's position. Normal officers are commissioned by Congress. Warrant officers aren't. Isn't it like and a new... How about military? I do believe all branches of the military have a warrant officer yeah. position. Well, is, is it military police, like an MP kind of deal? No, that's that's different. You can be normal enlisted and be an MP or shore patrol. Um, no, you you have to be you have to be uh, you have to make uh, captain or not captain. You have to make uh, first class. Uh, then you have to make uh, chief. Then you have to make senior chief. Then you have to make master chief. Once you make master chief, you're eligible to be a warrant officer. Well, you can't, you can't go any higher than master chief except for the one master chief of the Navy. There is only one, and that is that, the master chief of the Navy. Yeah, that's an E-9 position. No, um, you're, you're wrong on certain things, brother. I was a military policeman, by the way. So I will both in the Army and the Marine Corps, and there is a seed of difference between Army and Marine military policemen, Navy Shore Patrol. Navy Shore Patrol is also a sub thing that they give you. And then the other thing that you'll find out is Air, Air Force Police, security forces, a big difference. They deal in air base ground defense, ABDG. And then military police have a, on the ground are the only ones referred to as military police. And you'll hear both those two units saying they're military police. They're not. Secondly, warrant officers can be directly coming out of, we used to call it high school to die school. They would take somebody just out of high school, and they still do in the U.S. Army. And you can go right into the military if you pass everything and they say you're suitable to fly in the Army only because warrant officers still have to go through like an OCS kind of thing. But in the Army, they would take you to Fort Rucker, Alabama. You would go to school and then you would fly aircraft. And when I was at Fort McClellan, Alabama, those student helicopter pilots in UEs would come pick us up and take us somewhere and then they'd fly back to Fort Rucker. Now, when they graduated, they became a warrant officer. Warrant officer 1, warrant officer 2, warrant officer 3 and warrant officer 4. That's the level. Now, if you're let's say you're working CID and let's uh criminal investigations the division of the US uh Army or Marine Corps because that's who works that, that's the criminal investigators, CID, criminal investigations division. If you're a staff NCO, then it doesn't have to be a chief or a master chief or whatever you said. Maybe in the maybe in the Navy you do, but not in the Army and the Marine Corps. And I'll tell you why. I've seen people get promoted to warrant officer, and it's because you have done phenomenal thing. And also in combat, people can be put into as an officer, and then they have to go through OCS or they have to do college because I have a brother of mine that got out and he had to do college so he could become an officer. And he went on to retire a colonel. So 
there is a difference, and a warrant officer is called Mister in all four services. They're called Mister, and an enlisted man is just a, a military policeman would be a military police officer. A warranted officer, a warrant officer, he is <clears throat> a warranted officer that's called Mister, and <clears throat> then you have an officer. And there's a bellwether of difference. The warrant officers have the best position because they don't have to salute all the time except for in the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps, and I believe the Navy, makes warrant officers have to get saluted. But the Army, I don't think I ever saluted a warrant officer. And uh, I don't know about the Air Force, but I know that you called him Mr. Mr. Davidson was one of them that I knew. So I'm saying in military policemen, that's an MOS. You go to school for that. You learn how to be an MP because you're not shore patrol. You're not just carrying a club. You have the ability as an 18 year old to carry a pistol, which in the United States, no 18 year old can buy a pistol. And the U S army is the only one that allows an 18 year old to become a military policeman. And I know that because I was 17 when I joined and I had to be 18 by the time I got my military police. And so I went through all my basic and AIT at Fort McClellan, Alabama. And then I turned 18 and went over to Europe. And that was when, during the Cold War. And you have the power of life and death and have to have an amount of maturity. The Marine Corps, it's 21. So... But that's the only place in America that a military policeman or that's the only person in America that can carry a, a pistol on duty, not out in the field for training and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it just that's a fact. So an armorer can, but they have to do it only in the armory that they're protecting. And that's all I'll say on that, brother. Just to correct that. All right. So taking a pretty deep dive regarding the uh, technical matters, military jargon, and and the like, just for clarity's sake, courtesy of Kaiser Schuff. This week, episode number 200, Pirate Radio Podcasts. It is great to be here with you myself your host as always robin hood's chief communications officer jaffe Ryder. we've got pirate larry joining us here out of los angeles california reverend jim via the great state of washington usa and uh kaiser schaff out of ohio presumably unless he's on the road which i don't believe he is we've just reached that baker's dozen mark so how about that pretty cool to see thank you everybody for dropping by and uh checking things out here as we have got a little more than 10 minutes or so left to go who knows where the conversation might take us but uh checking out the chat end of things via youtube you know joey boomer jennifer knight janie walker they're really all going at it zane ivy uh this is interesting did you know that in 1795 the u.s this is really yeah this is really this is a critical point something for everyone to keep in mind 
1795, the U.S. government began paying jizya, the non-Muslim tax, yeah, as a demi, because you're only a half person, non-Muslim, to Algeria uh, until the new government was able to build enough ships to fight the Barbary pirates. Yep. So, uh huh. That's, From that's that was under that that was under Adams, and then when Jefferson took over. We went to war. That's, that's right, and that's that's a good part of what was going on because they set up a, a blockade of sorts, from what I understand, and we're imposing, you know, tariffs, and they, you know, they wanted to shake down any any ships that were passing through the region or suffer the consequences. Am I wrong? Not at all. Not at all. And they and they would even take the females off of any vessels oh. that were, let's say, a transport vessel. I mean, brother, it was it was very bad. That's why we went to war. Thomas Jefferson, the first English copy of the Quran ever made was done by Thomas Jefferson. And on the preface of it, there was only two made. And then he had that printed up to let the American people see this is what they actually believe. And those copies, they're very rare, but uh, you can find them in certain museums. Yeah, some people, uh, Muslim, pro-Muslim apologists, like to make it out to be as if Jefferson was a, a supporter, an advocate, uh, a backer of the Muslim religion because he had a Koran in his in his personal library. But uh, I think as you've talked about, well, touched on here, this go around Kaiser, and I think the last show we did a couple of years ago, that it was more, his intention was to, it was a warning to to the world, essentially, of what a what an awful thing Islam actually was with the way that they had, uh, with their beliefs that they held, and just the the extreme ends that they would go, uh, including the origins of the the harem, which apparently that it's it's of Western origin with the raids uh, that they would do in kidnapping Western European women. That that's how they form their harems, putting these. Wonderful right. white lilies, you know, all in a in a, a line together. Uh, it it was a reflection of their status, I suppose, their wealth, prestige, power as men. How many how many women you could have under your uh, under your under your control, basically? Exactly. So boasting, bragging rights. Uh, I think, and the, the the Quran itself does allow, this is straight out of what, the 7th century Middle East, they provide for and make, they grant practitioners of Islam, men, to have four or five wives, at least. So, but this is something, food for thought, something to think about. We, uh, you know, and we encourage everyone out there to, to do more research regarding these matters, including the Barbary Wars, uh, the history of Thomas and Jefferson, his role in things, um, all of the 
the pirate slang, lore, trivia, and the like, which it's quite fascinating to to investigate and and I, uh, and research. Go ahead. I think on the wife thing, there's been a conflation in the West because in the Quran, the surahs and the hadith, this is basically how it breaks down, and and even in practice to this day. Um, let's say your brother dies in battle or he dies just from an auto accident, whatever to keep the woman and the children within the family, the brother marries the brother's wife. Okay. That's really how that's put into action. And I learned that in Iraq and that's really how it's written too, to keep the kids and every, and the wife in the family because they all live in the same house. If you've seen the, they're not a normal house. They have several different floors. Usually the grandparents live on the bottom. Uh, the parents live on the, uh, in the middle and then the children live on the top floors. This is even in Iraq, Afghanistan, in certain places too, if they're not living in a hovel. And then uh, the thing about it is you can have sex with your slaves because they're your property. They're not a human being. And that's, I think, where the conflation comes in on four or five. It's an arbitrary number because it's as long as it doesn't deviate from your, it doesn't di distract you from your Islamic belief. Yeah, I'm sorry, what does not distract you from your Islamic belief? how many slave wives you have. They're not really wives, they're your slaves. The wives, you have to treat them all equally, but the slaves, you don't. And it's, it's an arbitrary number when you said four or five, because it's as long as it doesn't distract you from your Islamic belief. I can't remember how many Muhammad had, but he had quite a few slaves, concubines, basically. Right, so. Uh, you know, Zane Ivey has brought up a great point here regarding this whole business as to what we're discussing this particular moment. Between 1530 and 1780, there were almost certainly a million and quite possibly, uh, well, even more than that, white European Christians enslaved by the Muslims of the Barbary Coast. So yep. thank you for that that factoid zane it's always interesting to say see the way that these numbers are uh well the the, the politics uh, we're seeing it right now with with corona which we'll get into again probably this coming tuesday night 8 p.m pacific standard time 11 out on the east coast that's wednesdays here in tokyo and seoul time zones 12 p.m noon uh, but yeah, the way that politics is played with the numbers so often, when people, they want to exaggerate or really play something up, you, you boost the numbers and really put, put things over the top. And whereas if you want to downplay, uh, the situation is if there's no big deal, nothing really to look at, take a more conservative approach rather than the liberal way of just, you know, sky's the limit kind of, uh that kind of style and attitude that um, with the downplaying of things, it's, it's, it's just the opposite, of course. So to make the problem seem like it's 
less than what it perhaps and often, you know, quite likely actually is. So, wow, you know, let's, uh, we've got a number of uh, other talking points, or at least terms here, letters of mark, man of war, uh, quarter, beat it to quarters, love that one, no, no quarter given, Salma Gundi, anyone know what that one is? Guys, Sal, Salma, I bet you maybe Pirate Larry does, Salma Gundi? Nope. Scurvy, Spanish Maine. Oh gosh, you know, there's just so many great terms here. Tar, of course, and uh, no pray, no pay. How about that? That's a really good one. No pray, no pay. Pirate Larry? That sounds great. I don't know the other, I don't know the Spanish one, though. I gotta bow out on that one. Oh, the Spanish Sal one. Ma oh, Salmagundi. Is that Spanish? Could be. I have no idea. Well, that's a, it, uh, it's a favorite meal of the Buccaneers. Basically a stew of anything at uh, hand, including anchovies, hard-boiled eggs, and limes. So, oh, God. What, what? You're not a big anchovies fan? No. No, anchovies, no. <laughs> okay. I would do it right there. Oh, boy. You know, piratas. You know, we had this... The, the term actually had appeared at some point. Uh, Pirata. Yeah. Piratas. Dios. That's Piratas. my band. Uh, yes, Piratos. Uh, but that was also not just pirates. Maybe you can fill us in a little more, but Piratas it was used. Go ahead. Spanish pirates. Yeah. Spanish pirates. But foreigners as well, too. Just any general kind of gringo that came along is what I'd read earlier. Well, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, they have this expression as a piraton, which means the guy's completely crazy. Piraton. And it doesn't matter. Now, there's a crazy gringo, loco. you know, because the gringos are, are always stressed out and they're always upset and they always get mad. So that's, you know, a crazy gringo. But uh, piraton is like uh, anybody that's like, you know, like, a little bit out there, a little bit wacko. So that you know, the the band name was you know had that double meaning. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got somebody. It looks like Aaron Awal. Aaron trying to uh, he's dropping by here at the tail end of things once again, trying to call in, um, offering congratulations on our two hundred live stream. Yeah, you can you can reach out and contact us, Pirate One Radio at gmail.com for anyone who's interested in doing that. Most people uh, in our listening audience simply content to type away in text chat, which is fine. Uh, remember, though, of course, as always, that if you do call in and uh, get in contact with us here directly, there's more of a chance that clearly we'll be able to to address whatever it is that's on your mind rather than, you know, there's so many comments, of course, that we just can't help but pass over because of, of time and the fact that we don't necessarily pick up on every, everything that's taking place out there uh, as the show proceeds. So, yeah, Pirate uh, AWOL Aaron, Pirate1Radio at gmail.com. Uh, we're just going to keep the stream running here for the next few minutes, so give that a shot. See if you can you can hit us up. That's the way to do things. 
and uh, we'll take it from there. But this is, yeah, this is so great. So have has everybody watched the Black Sails series? I know, I know Larry has. Don't know about Jim or Kaiser. But how about any like documentaries that you watched recently? Pirate documentaries or like historical, you know, from a historical standpoint. There's quite a few out there that deal with the the quest for, you know, Captain Kidd's lost treasure or maybe something that Blackbeard left behind that's yet to be discovered. There are occasionally the the uh, coins that do pop up here and there, and maybe you know different things like uh, flasks that they used to drink out of, uh, whether buried in a in a remote cave or actually an underwater location. It all just really depends, but you know it's I find quite quite. Um, it's educational as well, too, and fascinating because you see history unfolding in real life time. Archaeology is a very uh, critical study, of course, and uh, pursuit, practice, if you will, academic discipline. Uh, although amateur archaeologists, maybe that could be the way to go about doing things just pirate literally pirate archaeologists rogue uh off the reservation not not uh, herded inside the the formal you know the context and confines of uh academic ivory tower settings i think you know most of us probably have a pretty good idea of how that all goes just the the, the rigidity and uh, the politics as well, too, unfortunately. But yeah, archaeology, the way that so much has been uncovered on so many fronts over the years that we're seeing history literally re rewritten as we speak, which gives me reason to, uh, there's a bit of a callback to what was brought up earlier regarding historical revisionism. Why not? What's so bad about historical revisionism? Isn't that the whole point? that we're on a journey to to gain greater clarity and uh, just awareness it regarding any number of different well, issues. Well, I think, I, I think they're talking about historical revisionism for political, you know, uh, for so, political reasons. But, and this is part of, and I, I, you know, this is part of the cultural revolution and uh, Kaiser can jump in, but it, they have to destroy your history in order to, like, uh, you know, impose their uh, idea of a new culture on yeah, society. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about destroying things. I'm talking about just having a new uh, way, a perspective and a way of seeing things that sh it might end up bursting certain uh, mythological or long-held sacred beliefs, as it were, at, you well, know, when you see a picture of Adolf Hitler in uh, Argentina in 1953, that was t put in a CIA folder. Yeah, it does like change long-held uh, beliefs. But yeah, um, that's you're right. You're right. Leads you to question. That's right. That's what it's all about. It leads us to question. Kaiser, do you want to just briefly regarding? Uh, historical revisionism and if you could within a within a pirate type context if possible 
Yeah, first I'll say uh, on the documentary thing, I think the only one there's some, they call it a hole, a money hole or something. That's the only documentary, and they say a pirate treasure was left there somewhere on the northeast coast. Can't remember where. Oh, Oak Island. And, and yeah, Oak Island, Oak that's Island. it. They're milking that series for all it's worth, aren't they? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. ancient the, aliens all over again. But it's cool that they're able to milk the corporation for that TV show for the money instead of really using their own money. But I did read a few books, and this is something freaky about modern-day piracy. Um there, there's been several ship finds where people found a ship and they had a claim to it. You know, they file it, everything's good. As soon as, and this is where corruption comes in too, within a state government usually, uh, maybe federal sometimes, if it's past the 12 mile or inside the 12 mile limit, um, where somebody leaked out somebody's claim and somebody goes in and snakes everything that's decent out of it. And and I'm talking about people that come up with buckets of coin, and then they run out of air. They go back to replenish air and gas and everything. They come back the next morning or within hours, and it's all gone. And and that's something I, I, I want to say the guy, Robert Ballard, had that happen to him one time. The guy who found the Titanic. I believe he had that happen to him one time in a book. I can't remember, but uh, I think that's true. If it's not, fact check me on everything, folks. I, I, I'm not the end-all, be-all, but if, I, if my memory serves on things, I'm usually, if I'm a little wrong, I'm, uh, but I haven't been wrong on too much lately. So wait a minute. Let me, let me, let's get this straight. You're talking about evidence or proof of the past being brought to light and then people they uh they vacate the premises for a short period of time and then return only to discover that what they have uh what they have recently come across has been uh stolen or just magically yeah. disappeared for whatever reason yeah, and, and it's usually because of some corruption where somebody who works in the office that was reported in, I believe they have to report that to customs. And and trust me, when I worked for Immigration and Customs Enforcement, my last agency mm -hmm. within the government, uh, you had the Wall of Fame, which is people that did good things, and a Wall of Shame, right. which was in the intranet that would show people that were corrupt from drugs or whatever. Yeah. And evidence uh, lockers, evidence lockers. Just, yeah. Where's all that? Yeah. But going? I mean, that that kind of thing's not going to be if if you come in with a claim and you have X amount of coins or whatever, they're going to count them. They're going to tax you on whatever. This is the normal way. Um, but and also have historians look at it and stuff like that. That stuff's in evidence. Unless it's a major corrupt dude that just takes some shit uh, because they're going to count it all. And they'll know that. And those people know they're going to go to prison eventually. Um, so that's a problem uh, for them. But the, the bad ones are the ones that will tell somebody, oh, we just got a claim. Or let's say somebody waiting to go he overhears it. And he calls his friends on his cell phones when he's out of the office. 
and they go snake that shit with the quickness. And I mean, there's picture evidence in one of the books of all the stuff they had in there. And then the picture of when they got there again, nothing in there except for like dishes, crockery, scullery, that kind of shit. There we go. So, sure, that's something I think, you know, we've heard these stories from time to time. And uh, there are people out there who think that they can get away with uh, with with uh, lifting uh, certain items from time to time, maybe on an all too routine basis. And if there's nobody looking over their shoulder or keeping an eye on things, then they're going to achieve exactly that, unfortunately. Uh, something to think about, though, most definitely. Well, we have pretty much hit the end of the road here, folks. Time to uh, time to lower the sails and drop the anchor, essentially, is, uh, well, <laughs> in metaphorical terms. Of course, the whole, the whole stream we have been uh, careening not to be confused with keel hauling. Important to know the difference between those two. Keel hauling being more a form of <laughs> punishment, torture. You know, uh, uh, would that qualify as torture in your books, Chef? I know uh, waterboarding doesn't seem to, for whatever reason. But I think would keel hauling is that is that good enough? Oh hell yeah, that's that's not. It's not a form of torture. It will kill you. Oh, so the. So you're saying what the, I don't understand. It's what's the difference between torture and I mean that's the, torture doesn't torture kill people sometimes. Bro, you're you're conflating two things. Well, I said you. waterboarding because I had to do sit-ups just like everybody else did in water. And that is a form of waterboarding because the waves are constantly coming up in your nose. So, you know, that's, to me, that's just toughening. And even when they do it in practice, it's as safe as it can be. You're not going to die. You're going to feel like you're going to die unless you have a heart attack or some sort of weird uh, thing going on with your body or you're doped up or some weird crap. But kill hauling is dragging somebody under the ship and you're running them under the kill, the hull of the ship, that very bottom of it, you're taking them under the ship from left to right, long ways, as you're moving. And not only is the pain excruciating because of the barnacles and everything else shredding your skin as you go under it, uh, not only that, with that pain, you're probably going to open your mouth and want to scream, and then you're going to take a breath, and you're going to drown. So that will instantly kill you. And that punishment, I've never heard of anybody who was kill-hauled ever surviving in any lore. No, they didn't often live, that's right. And even if they did, even if they did, usually there was another round of punishment that was, uh, that was handed out. So they'd probably be best if they, if they would have died the first go-around. Uh, with the, the waterboarding issue, though, yeah, that's something which, to me, it's, I don't know, have a discussion or debate. Uh, you know, I don't want to go on to carry, you know, things out 
too too far here, get too much into it, but it's a it's a philosophical thing, I guess. To me, it's just a no brainer, though. It's 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 a form of torture. I don't understand. I I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and see things from uh, your perspective and the people such as I guess you and Dick Cheney would be on the same page when it comes to this whole no, issue. That, cause... That'd be that'd be like me saying I got tortured in Marine Corps basic training. I didn't get tortured. I went through. Everybody else did it with me. Had to do sit-ups in water where when you go down, you're going to have waves breaking. Try to flood your nose. You're snorting it out. It's just a toughening on that. And the way that they do actual waterboarding, brother, it's it's a, a wet rag that goes over your face. It causes a sensation of drowning, but there's no water going. Anyways, I'm not getting into the whole facts of it. You're not getting... The amount of water that I got when I did sit-ups in a f- ocean that was moving, that was rolling, flooding my nose, you're not getting that same effect, my friend. And and I don't remember any of us dying. I guess the difference is, is uh, Marines freely choose to um, take part and engage in the, the waterboarding activity, whereas others have it forced upon them. You know, there's there's no say. You know, they're not allowed any say in the matter, and uh, it's it's one of those things that's long been known to have, to be used by. Although Condoleezza Rice uh, famously talked about how America doesn't torture, that she didn't she didn't discuss how it's Washington actively outsources it to other to other countries you're talking about rendition and that's a fact that did happen you know i don't sugarcoat thing Uh that that was a fact that's rendition has has trump ended all that oh oh yeah that's done dude he's uh ready to pull everybody out of afghanistan too so you know well it's just ridiculous check it and i was there under obama and obama Uh only did one thing he increased the presence started two new wars one with isis that was cia funded uh we don't need to get into all this and then of course destabilized uh libya which Gaddafi said famously if you take me out and Gaddafi was actually working with us and if you take me out you're gonna have a flood of people into europe and guess what Gaddafi must have been a seer because everything he said came true Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty awful. That whole chapter of history, what was, what was uh, done in that particular region, and uh, how there's been so little accountability to this point. Hillary Clinton, Obama, and everyone else that was actively uh, a part of things. Uh, but that's not exactly why we're here today. Of course. Uh, there was one other item right. I was going to ask you about or just kind of throw out to the general listing audience. It seems to have escaped my mind right now, unfortunately. But anyways, I think that does it, folks. You know, uh, pirates back in the day, buccaneers, corsairs, of course, a little different story. Those were more the the Barbary Coast, the, I'm not sure, I guess... Ottoman, the Islam, Muslims, 
as, as I understand. But uh, they were a tough lot. It doesn't matter who you were. If you Ottoman Empire, right. If you made the decision as, you know, Shuff, you've done this go-around with your history in the Marines. You've done that of your own free will and accord. That to do that, you're putting your life on the line. You're sacrificing a lot. And for what reason is anybody's guess uh so much suffering and hardship in store for most pirates uh out on the the high seas it was no easy life it was not a walk in the park by any means there was a sense of brotherhood um your word was your bond and your bond was your life let's not forget that it's all pirate code you just named the payoff. It's brotherhood. Mm-hmm. That is the payoff. Well, which is, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> and and we did talk about, let's not forget the, the whole homosexual marriage business back in the day, which is something you don't hear too much about yet. Uh, I, I did come across in my research. It kind of, in some ways, surprised me. But then again, I mean, you know, the word homo just means the same. So longstanding, for whatever reason, um, it was seen as bad well, luck in some contexts that uh, to have a my woman wife, on the ship was not a good thing. Go ahead. My wife and I celebrated our 26th year anniversary yesterday. I have never had anything inserted into my mouth or my anus. <laughs> so when I say brotherhood, just like with mentoring, both those terms have been perverted. And it's about bonding with men as men without no weirdness, no perversion. And if somebody is homosexual, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I've, I've been with brothers that are, I know are homosexual. It's not like they're looking to get with me, and I'm not looking to get with them. The point, Shuff, and, though, you're missing maybe my point, is that as a homosexual man, uh, if that was my thing, I would definitely be wanting to be where the boys are, if you follow what I'm getting at, and that I would, oh, well, sure, sign me up. Men, guys over here, men over here, you know, that's 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 just what I'm looking for. In the Navy, in the Navy, you know, <laughs> village people wasn't that one of their big hits? So that, that's yeah, that's the only I'm point I was. You're wrong. That's no, and that's I'm look, not saying you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain percentage of, uh, and even just for a period of time where it's like, well, I'm married and I'm women, but yeah, we're on the high seas, not much else going on here. So there's a certain percentage who they'll kind of, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's kind of like almost when you do time in jail, that same men and women, both their sexuality can potentially, for whatever reason, kind of take on a new twist or turn. Uh, whether through coercion or just out of you know boredom, curiosity, nothing else really happening, there's a certain percentage who will depend depending on uh, you know it's just it's part of the culture and the environment. Um, so I'm looking at things mostly just from a sociological perspective, cultural anthropology, if you will, and let me take that approach. Just keeping it real, 
you know. So nothing, nothing more than that. But it's fascinating. Maybe we'll find more literature. Maybe a book written on the matter, or something along those lines. So, but uh, hey, any any just closing thoughts or remarks, guys? That's the way we usually like to do it here. I can maybe start with. Uh, let's start with Reverend Jim, then Kaiser, and then we'll finish up as we often like to do with the, uh, with the one and only Mister. Mr. Pirate Larry. So, Reverend Jim, you're you're shot. You're shot at things here, my friend. Uh, thoughts on the show? Uh, anything we missed out on? Anything more you would like to see? Uh, I guess you're not up for an after show. You typically you'll be doing your live stream with your music over on D Live again this week, as usual. Is that right? Ah, that'd be correct, Jeffy. Uh, yeah, I'd be. Uh... I've got a few other videos that I was in the middle of watching before I get into the music. But yeah, I, I run a pretty much all-night stream. Go to bed sometime after the sun comes up. <laughs> but no, it was a good show. I've learned a few things. And uh, I, I haven't actually watched anything actual pirate in a long time other than, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean don't quite cut it. My dad was over here laughing at me. Black Sails, but, man, you got to check it out if you do torrents at all. Black Sails, it's a, it's pretty cool. That's what I've heard. Um, I'm gonna have to check it out. I, I have yet to uh, even check out like previews or promos of it. But uh, yeah, it was a good show. Um, have everyone have a great night, and we'll see you on uh, Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Eight. Oh, well, there's one last thing. Um, with any luck, we can get a non-Zionist judge now appointed to the Supreme Court. Good luck with I don't, that. I don't have uh, much faith, but yeah, I'm hoping. So. I'm hoping. Maybe. Did we lose you, Jim? We, I'm, you know, maybe you might be right. I, mean, uh, I, I, I just, I, I was done. I just, uh, yeah. I, I want, I Thank want you. to see a, a judge that supports the U.S. Constitution and not some other nation. Well, yeah, not just Zionists, but also just Jewish. Not that all Jews are Zionists, but why is it that I mean, how many Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court judges, uh, are are also ethnic Jews? Uh, most yeah, of them. Yeah, well, for a population that is less than three percent of the United States population, that group is way over overrepresented in Congress and in the Supreme Court, and the fact that uh, they hold dual citizenship ship with israel that bothers me to no end holly and weird it, 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 affirmative action for the goy is what we that's we need to start up a campaign affirmative action for the white gentile goy something like in in hollywood in, in hollywood <laughs> and the supreme absolutely. court yeah and uh, have who, a good weekend Jeff. okay see, thanks see, see you the other mateys later you betcha yeah and happy sailing so 8 p.m pacific standard time 11 out on the East Coast, that's when we'll be back. Of course, he's talking about the, the news stream that we put together here each and every week. That's uh, Wednesdays here, 12 p.m. noon, Tokyo and Seoul time zones. Uh, Kaiser Schuff, last last word, man. It's uh, have your have your final say, just uh, icing on the cake. I love the show. Wish we could have stayed on Pirate Talk, eh, matey? It was supposed oh, to be fun. It was, it I... was about 75 
I would say on the mark and it strayed a little bit, but we did pretty good. I was, I'm pretty happy with the way things went. I am too, but I, I, it's about talk like a pirate day and have some fun. Let's load up the cannon. And if we got shot, we loaded up with the shot. If we have ball, we loaded up with the ball and let the captain enjoy the fireworks show. And if we have neither of them, we grab the scullery out of the galley and we load it up and we fire it. And with that being said, brother, this has been a great show, a lot of fun. Let's not get marooned. Did you say, <laughs> did you say as a last resort, load up the cutlery? <laughs> yes. Oh, load God. up the scullery. <laughs> the scullery. Jesus. called. Yeah. People service. That is... And you load that up behind the powder, oh, put God. the cutting behind it, and it'll do the same thing as shot. Yeah, a grape shot. It'd be pretty pretty chaotic and wild. Who knows what end up actually coming out of the uh, the cannon, the muzzle, I guess, as it's known. So, But, yeah, thank you, Kaiser, as well, too, very much. Great to have you on board again this year last year once again we we missed out on things but it's really um it's it's wonderful that we managed to put this together and have a lot of good fun this go around show number 200 it's our 200th episode pirate radio podcast definite milestone certainly feels like we're getting getting in the groove and getting our groove on so hopefully everyone out there listening will continue to tune in and check things out help to support the show as best you can build our networking community uh pirate larry it's finally over to you uh, and have uh, you're able to have your the last say here as far as your thoughts on the show uh, i'm not sure I, i'm up for an after show potentially depending on uh what you kaiser have to say i know aaron awol aaron's been trying to get into the join us here via skype but we're not seeing anything coming up here via our id the contact where simply all you have to do to reach out to us is join